High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. And greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. Well, uh, that, of course, was Wall Street with Michael Douglas talking about greed. We've got somebody just as good as Michael Douglas. It's John O'Keefe, criminologist himself, a criminal law lecturer, because we're in our series of seven deadly sins. Number five, John O'Keefe, greed. Now, actually, in his last, in his end of his diatribe on greed, uh, Michael Douglas said, admittedly a fictional character, greed would save the USA. So why is it a deadly sin? Yeah, well, I mean, there is, just to come to that first point first, there is this view going around in the last couple of years, and particularly since Trump, that greed actually genuinely is good. Um, And Though sometimes, well, I would say always ugly, but though sometimes ugly, it does motivate human beings to do, uh, have come to good economic and social outcomes, I suppose. So it's said. And altruism, while it's noble, you don't get rewarded for being altruistic, but you do get financial reward and the respect of a certain amount of your peers uh, for being rich. I mean, you try slagging somebody off who's rich and it's all, well, you would say that, wouldn't you? You know, you, you just don't get any leeway. Milton Friedman, the economist, had it about right, because I think what he was saying was um, you shouldn't eradicate greed we should keep it but in a sort of a space where it does least harm and of course he called that capitalism so there's a, to an extent that's doing the rounds now psychopathy's good greed's good metaphorically kicking people in the head is good you know you get what you want and uh, you know we're only on this period for a period yeah, of time but you're taking a, a dare I suggest you and the biblical scholars who dreamt it all up took a very narrow view of greed. For instance, like, what word would I use if I was talking about somebody? Yes, like, I think, Van Gogh, they talked about him, the painter. He had a lust for life. Now, he was greedy. He wanted to live longer than the the average lifespan of three score years and ten. Well, there's nothing wrong with that because that's a lust for your own life and it's an enjoyment of life. I suppose what the biblical scholars were saying that greed or avarice is the desire for extreme personal wealth or gain. And the only way to achieve that is generally by uh, stepping on other people. Um, Greed, of course, can be anything. I'm not going to go into gluttony because we're going to talk about that next week. But it can be seeking attention, admiration, as you say, lust and so on. But the, the, uh, the biblical scholars, as we say at the beginning of this every week, were in no doubt about greed. Um, uh, Leviticus um, uh, said, well, look, greed, there's two things associated with greed. The first is the colour yellow, uh, and the second is the symbolism of the frog. And the Bible doesn't like yellow, and it doesn't like the frog. Um, really? Le- yeah, yellow the in Leviticus. frog. Yellow in Leviticus, yellow was considered to be something um, um, uh, leprous or having leprosy. And, of course, to be yellow-bellied is to be a coward after some bird who had a yellow belly. And um, Yellow and orange, of course, don't mix very well. 
and uh, red can increase a person's appetite. Brings us neatly back to greed again. But the frog is interesting. The frog, uh, you know, when you start looking at these things, the frog comes up in the Bible quite a lot. Revelation, my favourite area. You know, you can keep your modern uh, New Testament. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Revelation says as it should be. I saw out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet uh, there are three unclean spirits like frogs for they are spirits of demons working signs to go forth unto the kings of the earth. So, they're in no doubt that if you're greedy, you're greedy for secular and material things and what's going to be left out? The baby Jesus. Needless to say, the Bible by definition doesn't like that, particularly the Old Testament. All right. Um, but... Greed, when you look at the deadly sins, most of them, nevertheless, have application today. Isn't that right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, envy and lust and all these things have application towards the kind of lives we lead, the kind of society we live in, yep. all those things. Now, greed, if greed were a sort of popular uh, affection for people, we wouldn't be in a very nice society. Wouldn't that be right? No, I think that's right. And greed, if we just, you're bringing it up to modern day, and we've done this with the seven deadly sins, and there's an argument to say they've got more applicability now, actually, than they even had then. But greed can often arise from these early negative, let's get put our psychological hat on, it's always good, arriving from the arising from these negative early childhood experiences, such as, you know, parental inconsistency, inconsistency neglect, um, or abuse. So you're now left vulnerable as an adult. Adult. So what do you do? Will you get yourself a good old addiction? What do you? What addiction do you choose? Well, you might choose the gathering of money. It's a substitute. Remember, it's filling that particular void. And of course, the idea of mortality haunts us all. Well, me and you particularly, we probably think about it all the time. But even the general population are thinking about mortality. So we have to have some closure. I mentioned that last week. How do we get closure? We make significance of what we have here. Guess what? Money seems to speak all languages. But it's not about the money. It's about the process that gets you to the money. Well, that is, I mean, always um, you wondered about people who had more money mm. than creases. Yeah. And then why did they want more? Because money is the great inoculator, if you think about it. Um, Yes, against penury, of course, but far more importantly, against the person's low self-esteem, because there is only so much money you can spend in life. In other words, you can reach X amount of comfort. You know, you can have so many meals and so many holidays. So why do people go beyond that? They they go beyond that without hesitation, I say this, because of fragile, low self-esteem. All right, but the great Michael Caine. Um, the film actor, when when at one point in his career, Kane was making an awful lot of bad movies, he was interviewed and the guy said, Michael, you know, you got a ton of money, um, you don't need any more money, why are you making all these bad movies just for money? And Kane said, not I'm greedy, he said, because I was born in poverty and I have no intention of going back there. That point is certainly well made and I do accept that That's point. That's not that, greed. Therefore. Well, it's not necessarily greed, but nonetheless, you can be born in poverty and you can hit the dizzy heights of financial success. And your personality should tell you, I need to stop now. I need to start focusing on what Maslow, a psychologist, called the hierarchy of needs and put Simply, at the bottom, we have this physiological need for breathing, food and so on. Then we have safety, which is ourselves, our family, employment. Then we have love and belonging. We're going up a pyramid now. The idea that we have friendship and family 
And then we have self-esteem, number four, if you like, confidence, respect of others and respect for others. And then finally, the sort of ages that we're coming to, a thing called self-actualization, where we, we understand problem-solving, lack of uh, prejudice and acceptance of facts. Now, the problem with the greedy is, of course, Maslow would say and others would say, is that they've just kind of got caught on rung number two, which is safety. In other words, employment and the gathering of wealth. Wealth. As a result, then, by the end of their lives, they haven't reached the but, top of the but, pyramid. But when we, like, now we associate greed essentially with money, and you have as well, um, but the thing is, like, my pension guy is fed up getting a call from me every single week, like, A, you know, ha- ha- have I lost any because the markets have imploded, and then B, you know, have I enough, like, am I okay when, when, mm. when I stop working, will I have enough? So a lot of acquisitiveness is caused by, you said, lack of self-esteem, but also lack of confidence. I mean, if you think, like, if some people would say, I have, like, it's really interesting when you talk about pensions. Somebody says, to get a reasonable pension these days, you have to have a million quid, you know? That's what I somebody, And then somebody else says, if I had... A quarter of a million quid, <laughs> I'd be happy as a sandboy. So no. one person's million That's is not different. greed. That's not greed. You're just simply looking after yourself. Now, you might be a little bit obsessed with it, but your pension rights won't per se uh, trample the rights of others. The type of greed and avarice we're talking about will. Uh, and that's it, why the old biblical scholars Precisely. Were well, well, they were concerned for that reason, but they were also concerned because the more time you spend talking about Ferraris, although this wasn't quoted in biblical times, the less time you have, you have for God. But in Ireland, if we look at it collectively and culturally in Ireland and, and greed here, it's very easy to go back to 10 years ago and say we all became greedy then. Well, I think it may have been there before that. I mean, we're still in so many ways doffing the cultural cap to the east, as in Britain, and also to the west. And we have a national inferiority complex. We think we think we're all about crack, the GA, uh, and the GAA, and, and 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 all the rest of it. And we can tell a good story. But in fact, the reality is, unless it's wrapped up in this kind of modern day avarice, which seems to be okay, uh, we don't seem to have much regard for it. So. I, I do think we're all guilty of it to a greater or lesser extent, but I think the greed as espoused in the in biblical times, we really do need to think about. All right, there you have it. John O'Keefe, my guest, criminologist and criminal law lecturer. Uh, it's number six uh, in the hierarchy of deadly sins. And next week it is? Next week we're going to look at its first cousin, gluttony. Oh, yes, great. Uh, bring on another uh, jar of ice cream there. Well, uh, you can, of course, hear it all on the podcast by simply going to newstalk.com forward slash high noon.